Um, speaking of rich people entangled in conspiracies that span the globe and involve blood money, arms dealings, and uh, money laundering. So I went to Armory yesterday. <laughs> So wait, I'm, I think I'm ready to up myself to our audience uh, <laughs> and tell them that I went to see Louis C.K. Uh, live a few weeks ago at Madison Square Garden at the Hulu Theater. Um, and before, I, before I'll tell you it was fucking hysterical, I will tell you that more than 50% of the audience goers were female. <laughs> and so, I don't know, suck on that. I'm missing um, live entertainment, so I'll go to anything. I'll even go to see um, Dua Lipa when she comes here in, in September 2022. Is that a seating? Uh, is everyone sitting, including her? <laughs> <laughs> oh Does my she, God. Have, she have some uh, sedentary Madam X dance moves? <laughs> Which, by the way, cannot wait for the film to come out. Yeah, it's coming out allegedly next month, next but month. I uh, I'm not holding my breath for it because she's yeah, capable on, of everything on Paramount Plus. But you know what's insane? Uh, I saw Wait, a friend. What of, is what sorry? is Paramount Plus? Paramount Plus is that Viacom streaming service that has you know all their properties, new things and old, like it's MTV, etc. With all these proprietary uh, streaming services now, for the first time, it makes me like have to google which movies exactly like i don't know what paramount like uh, released over the years okay but you know what's insane uh i i was at a friend's place uh, a few days ago he is a film critic he gets a lot of no no no, i mean he's uh he gets links sent to him and pr things and Uh he said that three months ago he got an email that said that Madam X was coming out on Netflix. Really? Yeah, and I think it was maybe like embargoed or something. I mean, who's the audience for that on Netflix, to be honest? Well, I mean, like everyone and their mother's on Netflix. No, but I mean, who who's interested in watching Madam X? It's a little niche at this point uh, in her career. But I think with Netflix, it's like everything is about niche programming. It's, I you guess know, that makes sense, yeah. It's... Uh, it's just like a world of niche programming on there. Yeah. So thanks I, for th- thanks. Yeah. Sorry. What were you going to no, say? No, I was just going to say what happened that like that net Netflix deal went south. Does that mean I'm going to have to try Paramount Plus for free for a week? Oh, Jordan I has it. Again? No, Jordan has it. Really? Cause he, yeah, because we were watching uh, RuPaul's Drag Race All Star Season Six when I was staying with you. <laughs> Can they finally figure out a way to consolidate all these services? I wish they would. There's so much waste. Well, it was enough when it was like there was Netflix and Hulu. It's like, okay, I'll get the two, you know, but now. I swear to God, there's nothing on me for on Netflix. I keep going on Netflix. I scroll through their, their endless infinity selection and I can never find anything to watch. <clears throat> Unless someone like recommends something to watch like you did with the 9-11 series. The documentary. Yeah, which is Turning very Point. well done. It was very well done. Extremely depressing to watch. Yeah, on so many levels. For, yeah, and just for clarification to our audience, it's uh, it's not just about nine eleven. It's about the nine eleven era. Yeah, and the war on terror, and we 
give it two thumbs up and you should watch it because so much has happened over the last 20 years that I think we've all forgotten the insanity of what was happening like immediately after it, 9-11. Yeah, it's just incredible what a nation will do under the influence. Yeah. And those like uh, evil people that were running the government. I think, yeah, it's just the perfect storm of nefarious and idiotic. Yeah. Um, I was just mostly impressed in the documentary with the all the, the Taliban interviewees it like actually went to afghanistan and interviewed people who were like key players back in the day and still are maybe and also people that were in the government pretty high up as well like Mm -hmm. obviously there's no like bush or rumsfeld interviews but basically like anyone below that has been interviewed which is kind of crazy for this kind of documentary right i uh wonder how hamid karzai is doing these days (laughs) i wonder if he's how are uh, his kids and they're Um, I wonder if he's uh, going to come to visit his Brooklyn daughter in her luxury townhouse loft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's her name? Mariam Ghani. I just love the New York Post coverage of the kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's a pr- the New York Times profiled her in uh, on February 20th, 2015 with the head title... Uh, headline sorry um it goes mariam ghani a brooklyn artist whose father leads afghanistan <laughs> and that has not aged well at all yeah i guess um well when you're on the cia payroll <laughs> oh my god not just the cia's uh, <laughs> payroll um but hold on because she was either a peggy guggenheim fellow or had is in the collection yeah she's on the uh guggenheim collection online and the press release about her is just a masterpiece of a uh, obfuscation (laughs) and contorted reality um born in new york in 1978 mariam ghani graduated with a ba in comparative literature from new york university in 2000 mfa in photography video and related media from the school of visual arts blah 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 since 2004, Ghani has collaborated with artists, blah, 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 an experimental archive of renditions. Uh, where's that part that talks about her? Oh, yeah. The daughter of a Lebanese mother and an a- Afghan father. Ghani grew up in exile and was unable to travel to <laughs> Afghanistan. Sorry, in exile. <laughs> <laughs> and was unable to travel to Afghanistan until 2002. An artist working in installation, performance, photography, text, and video. She's also an activist, archivist, writer, and lecturer boy that's yeah. rich yeah born in exile okay girl um <laughs> oh no we grew up rich in new york <laughs> i mean how do you uh it, who do i report this a, uh, artist profile to um also because the, the the guggenheim is so trigger happy about so many like lesser oh, issues yeah. they will burn down the house for but this to them seems fine well, both kids got money from, and this is not a dog whistle, <laughs> the George Soros Open Society Foundation. <laughs> Have they? Yeah. Interesting. Why are you seeing that? That was in the New York Post when they did like uh-huh. a full rundown of the kids. <laughs> they okay. like really combed through all the funding they had received. She got money to go to art school from a Soros Foundation. <laughs> Uh, actually, it's not the George Soros Foundation. It's the Paul and Daisy Soros Fellowship <laughs> oh, for yeah. New Americans. I'm, are they there? Are well, there's they his, that. Uh, I think that's one of his kids. No, he has that hot son named Alex Soros, who's like a certified thought. 
Um, no, Wait, I'm catching, this is broad I'm catching up on. I'm catching up on uh, looking these people up. Paul <laughs> Soros and his wife da- Daisy Soros. What are the connection? Oh, relative. Yeah, he's George's brother. Yeah. And you said that Alex Soros is, is George Soros's son, and he's hot. And he was like gallivanting around New York, like the art world, sure? and with models. <laughs> his Wikipedia page uh, picture tells a different story. Uh, no, I think he's hot. He's got a. If you, if you go on Twitter, Snowden. Oh, on okay. Twitter or Instagram now, there's like it's like when he started becoming like a modelizer. That's when he got hot, of course. Okay. Well, Mariam Ghani definitely got a fellowship from the Paul and Daisy Soros Foundation. Um, we're not breaking any news with this. No, I mean there's a New York Post story that goes through all the various money they got, and it all just seems back channel ish. <laughs> it's just crazy how a uh, sort of the. Uh, Clinton Global Initiative money. <laughs> Mariam Ghani is an artist, writer, and filmmaker. Her work looks at places, spaces, and moments where social, political, and cultural structures take on visible forms and spans multiple disciplines. That sounds like my work. So- yeah. Only you're not the son of a uh, extremely corrupt puppet <laughs> yeah, <Exactly>. ex-president. <laughs> oh, God. Um, he fucking left the country with like coffers filled with how many millions of dollars in cash just cause, yeah. which he denies, but I believe he totally did. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. Not that, just, was, that was such a corrupt position he was in. No, the whole country like, was corrupt. Thir- yeah. And for 13 years, um, I mean, of course America's implicit in it, but, uh, I mean, it takes two to tango, yeah. uh, and not just coffers filled with cash, but also they filled like, I uh, s-class bends <laughs> and like um flew them out of the country because like how else would you like you're fleeing a country yeah. where all the like the bank wiring system is about to shut down how do you like get money out of the country yeah, yeah, basically exactly. oh no definitely um oh well anyways <laughs> um oh, also um happy uh rosh hashanah to you happy rosh hashanah i hope my this my gentile friend things <laughs> i'm jewish i am um, giving you an honorary title thanks if, if you'd like is there a way to like uh like when the uh when the queen uh turns you into a sir and a matter sir, or whatever? Yeah. well i am familiar with your people's history um i appreciate the humor and <laughs> diet <laughs> And the gray foods. <laughs> yeah, I love um, preserved mushes. Um, the, the high starch content yeah. in our dishes. Yeah, there's a big overlap, you know, in our peoples. Um, you, and like, I, you, like our, you like our noses, too? <laughs> true. Um, I don't fetishize you like um, problematic Germans. Uh-huh. Um, or uh, yeah, reverse fetishize us or like have a bias against our exactly. peni. <laughs> yeah, it's like in Germany, you'll either face um, Israelis to the front or you'll get shaded for being circumcised. So, yeah, um, pick one. Um, and it's funny because um, okay, I will not open this can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh. Yeah, I'm just seeing now that uh, Mariam Mar- Ghani, New York Post, uh, yeah, 
article from August 28th. So maybe we can, that could resurface later on in this conversation. <laughs> um, um, wait, what yeah. else has been happening? Okay. So wait, did you celebrate this year? Rosh Hashanah? Yeah. Yeah. Rosh with, Homa. Yeah. yeah. With you um, over uh, iMessage. True. Um, I did eat some peaches and maple syrup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, a friend of the pod, they, uh, Stephen, came over for a Shoshana dinner and made a very yummy peach cobbler. Mm. And mm. Uh, Isaac made a really yummy matzo ball soup. Hey, Isaac. And um, <laughs> I, I pre-ordered some halas and a babka from Breads mm. and like went there first thing in the morning on Monday. Babka, meaning an old lady true i mean the cake basically looks like the <laughs> folds of an old lady's gut or totally. something. That, that must be where the name came from yeah um <laughs> yeah we had a really nice night um we got to uh, oh we got uh, we got a uh like birthday candles oh five, seven, i saw two, so which cute. we lit yeah god um, has it already been that long <laughs> It has, yeah, my God. My nose is so dry from crossing the desert for 40 years. <laughs> All the boogers. That's why I was named Boogerstein. Boogerstein. I'll never forget that one Instagram post somebody tagged me in and then commented, I love Boogerstein's work. <laughs> Shady. Oh, my God. Um, um, yeah, well, speaking of a... Uh, new beginnings i uh and new things i for the very first time got to visit the javit the world famous javit center the javit center uh i'm glad this was my first time there and not last year when it was a uh a functioning uh, field hospital or even worse uh hillary clinton uh celebration party oh my god true (laughs) do you know why she picked that venue by the way um I don't guess. know. Let's see. Please was the, guess, please. <laughs> was there like back room deals and corruption? <laughs> no, think think symbolically corny and oh, really because like, they could set off fireworks from it or on the water. No, no think even like kitschier. <laughs> think of like a uh conference room full of millennials and boomers just like burning the midnight oil. Because there was a lot of space (laughs) for Gaga, Lana Del Rey, Lena Dunham. (laughs) Wait, Lana Del Rey would have never sang it at Hillary. (laughs) No, no, she was not there. You're right. Uh, Bill would have been um, fondling her in the back. So, okay, are you ready? Okay, what was it? Was there? Okay, just tell me. (laughs) It's because of the glass ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! I swear. Oh my god, that's it's because of the pathetic. glass ceiling. Literally, yeah. there's a glass ceiling. Her, um, like in that Gaga Super Bowl performance, crashing through the glass ceiling. Oh my god! And that Katy Perry performance at the uh, RNC uh, DNC. <laughs> Jesus, might as well be the RNC. Oh my god! Basically, um, oh, yeah. I wonder how god. many contractors were stiffed as a result <laughs> sure. of the last minute cancellation. I'm poor. I can't pay you. <laughs> Um, it's funny. I was just watching the nine uh, eleven ceremony on TV, and it just dawned on me: like, uh, first of all, George Bush was not invited. Second of all, Rudy Giuliani was not invited, oh and like, I, 
I know that like Rudy Giuliani's like uh probably hospitalized right now, like institutionalized, but like it's like it's a little shady. With a with a schmear running down his leg. Jesus. I just found it a little shady that only uh uh, Obama was there with Michelle and Bill and Hillary and Biden and his wife and like what's the guy's name uh, Murphy from New Jersey and Bloomberg was there with his with his hot wife. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, I just found it weird that like I know he's a maniacal, insane like sociopath, but like Rudy Giuliani, I guess played a instrument. I mean, he was America's or... president. Mayor. Oh, sorry, mayor. America's yeah, mayor. yeah. No, he was America's mayor before he, he was, lost his marbles yeah, and he was his America's lower mayor. dentures. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, what a loser. I mean, he, everyone was rooting for him, and then look what he became. Yeah, I mean, he's made his own bed. Yeah. Uh, but oh. Bush, like, I don't know. Like, there's America's a very forgiving nation. <laughs> there's, it's well, it's I mean, everyone weird. has basically. So I'm shocked he wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, say what you will about it. The the redemptive quality of the national ethos here is pretty pretty strong, and they, uh, I don't know plays a major role, like an important role in life here. So, like, I feel mm-hmm. like there's room for even people like him in public life. Yeah, and uh, also America's first artist president. Hello. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, I mean, Bill did make Jackson Pollock-esque paintings on really? that dress. With jizz? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> on that navy blue gap dress. Um, I started watching American Crime Story, The Impeachment. Oh, it's on? It's up? It's on, yeah. Oh, my God. I I don't know. First of all, Linda Tripp, played by what's her name? Like, you could have found someone who's like naturally zaftig for no, the totally. role. Um, I just, I don't like it when for no apparent reason they like cast people and have to like make them over so drastically for the role. Kind Um, of fat person. Yeah, exactly. And also what's her name? Edie Finkelstein? Does she play Monica? Feldman. Beanie Feldman. (laughs) Who's Edie Edie Finkelstein? (laughs) Adele Dazeem or whatever. (laughs) Nazim. <laughs> oh my god. What did you just call her? <laughs> Edie Finkelstein. <laughs> I'm allowed to have Jewish. <laughs> Wait, she's Jonah Hill's sister? Edie Finkelstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my, my god. god, that's good. <laughs> Funnily enough, there's a, there's a third sibling, and he's actually hot. So Jonah oh, Hill, yeah. Beanie Feldman. What's with all the like the <sighs> discrepant names? What's all these Jews in Hollywood? <laughs> oh my god! Don't get me started. Um, Let's see Jonah Hill siblings. I'm looking them up. I don't see the third one. <laughs> jo- Jordan Feldstein. Did he did he eat him? <laughs> No, excuse me. He's a uh, he's down to uh, one eighty pounds now. I think. Actually, I mean Jonah Hill is not unhandsome when he's at his goal weight. Yeah, totally. He just looks like like Bob Dylan in the sixties. Just the exact same like facial features, like uh, Adam Sandler, who could also play Bob Dylan in a biopic. 
Um, I, they all honestly, they all just either look like Bob Dylan in the sixties or Harvey Weinstein. Like they just all have that gamut. Yeah, I'm gonna send you a. Uh, I'm gonna okay, send you there's a this photo of Jonah Hill on the red carpet at the Screen Actors Guild Awards in a navy and blue tuxedo, and he looks very handsome. Yeah, I loved him in the uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, I still need to watch it. It's a very good movie. Uh, um, yeah, it's just... Uh, I know it's the phase where Scorsese just indulges himself in these like extra-long movies, but there, this is one of the cases where it's worth it. Yeah. And um, also, random side note, like they were reading the names, they were going off alphabetically through all the names and showing like small thumbnail pictures of all the people, uh, all the victims of 9-11, and it's just crazy to me that it... I know it happened 20 years ago, but like most of the pictures... Not most of them, but a good amount of them were either in black and white or looked so, like, you know, 80s. Yeah. That it's just insane to me that it's that, like, like far history in oh, our I terms. Know. It was so long ago. And I saw, like, on the Wall Street Journal, like, pictures from the same day the other day. And, like, all the, uh, the street-level stores I saw... It's like old school New York with these like off brand like mom and pop shops. Yeah. Like just relics that exist only sporadically in the city nowadays, yeah. but it's just crazy that that was the city back in the day. I'm sorry for sounding zoomer, but <laughs> Well, I mean, if yeah, I mean, a lot of it probably did look very early 90s cuz when you think about it, if something was around for 10 years, which isn't that long. Right. Like a business or something. Or a storefront. It's not yeah. old at that age, but it just feels like two different eras, like early 90s and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I was randomly watching Friends the other day, and Monica was like setting up for a, to host a party or something, and she was like opening up bags of chips and tortillas and something like that, and it was like very much of its era where it was like almost completely off-brand. <laughs> Everything looked like dandruff shampoo like <laughs> aesthetics, basically, and I totally forgot that like that was... You know, the sort of consumerism wasn't always as, like, heavily, you know, graphic design focused as it is, is these days. Yeah. Um, so, okay, it is 9-11 today, the 20th anniversary. We're recording. Yes. Where were you when you saw or heard it happened? Uh, well, thanks to the time difference between um in new york and israel i had just come back from high school so it was like i guess four in the afternoon or something or three in the afternoon in israel when i uh i guess my dad told me to like turn on the tv and we just basically saw it i mean we saw it we saw it live right after the first airplane hit the uh south tower yeah. north tower um yeah and i was just watched that the whole day i guess and i still have in my parents place the uh the newspaper from the uh from um september 12th oh i have one too yeah where um, were you so i was in winnipeg and so it's one hour behind new york mm-hmm. uh i just got out of the shower i remember and i was getting ready to go to school and i always watch the today show in the morning mm-hmm. and so they like suddenly broke into um breaking news like about the first tower on fire Mm -hmm. and then the second one getting hit happened live on tv obviously so that was insane 
and yeah, just like that was startling. And then I remember going to school and school went on as normal, but obviously it was just like a very odd day. Like we talked about in school mm-hmm. and then I was working at Domino's then I had just gone my driver's license like a month before. Oh, thanks for inspiring me. I'm getting Domino's tonight. <laughs> Oh my god, I wish I could get some. It sucks here. Um, but Does it? Yeah, because Domino's Germany bought Joey's. And they oh changed god. all the yeah, and they changed don't, all the pizza to Joey's. Don't utter the J word on this I podcast. Know, it's terrible. So that's why I have to like get Domino's in Poland because it tastes exactly the same as Domino's in North America. I'll never forget that one Sunday in my last year in Berlin. Um I was hanging out with Jordan and we were just starving. And of course you can't get groceries anywhere. So we're like, yeah. okay, we're going to get a delivery of Joey's. And it was just the most lackluster, like food hating pizza yeah, experience. Like, from the delivery. <laughs> like you, I just, why bother even open such like a food service yeah, in a no, city that terrible. has such disdain for food service and like yeah. quality. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Um, so yeah i was delivering pizza and then i remember i went into the mall after work and like half the mall was closed anything that was an american brand just like you know uh everyone was ordered to shut down basically by headquarters Mm -hmm. uh you know not out of remembrance at that point it was just out of like who knows what else is going to go down like everyone go home slash it's funny like headquarters are in new york for a lot of these companies right uh well my sister was actually traveling through canada i forget exactly where like around 9 11 mm-hmm. um like doing the thing that israelis do like selling ahava i, I don't <laughs> i don't know if it was ahava or like she was just doing one of those like israeli posts like military service like sales scams or something at or, the kiosk you know, in like, the mall <laughs> oil paintings door to door oh my god yeah it- I think in like in the East Coast somewhere, um, and she like passed through Manhattan basically like a month after because oh that was like she was scheduled to travel back to Israel through oh uh, yeah, through New York. So she like her first her first very visit to like America was in post nine eleven New York like weeks after she, she was in one of those Israeli students that were uh, in a white van driving in the city on nine eleven. <laughs> Is that, is that what it looked like? <laughs> no, that's like one of those conspiracy theories. Where it was oh, like, I see. Or it was actually in an early, I remember it was like actually in a New York Times story or whatever, and then it was removed. So yeah. then people were like, it was like along the storyline of like the Saudi, Saudi Arabians that were like flown out of the country. Yeah. That whole narrative. I mean, the craziest tidbit of information I uh, I uh, that struck me from the documentary was that one of the... I guess the first plane that they had hijacked from Boston, mm-hmm. their only way of orientating themselves uh, successfully down to New York was to just fly over south, the like fly over the Hudson River oh, south. Oh, yeah. I know. That's so crazy. So they just like took it all the way down until they saw the towers, which is insane. Um, I just don't okay, get that. how someone would want to be a suicide terrorist. Like any zealots out there, just fucking get a hobby. Yeah, like really get, get laid and get a life. Cause like what 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 is our takeaway from twenty years of this? Yeah, like are we? Does it not feel like we're back uh, to square one yeah. somehow? Um, except for like the female soccer team in Afghanistan got to have a uh, run for their money, and now it's like 
and the robotics team yeah um just my my i hate to i mean i promised myself not to uh you know not to make any uh political arguments on this day but just fucking like stay out of countries okay just don't meddle just stay out of them um anyhow um (laughs) all right (laughs) yeah no i was gonna i i was gonna make a leading statement now go ahead so i heard you did something really exciting yesterday uh sure (laughs) um speaking of rich people entangled in conspiracies that span the globe and involve blood money arms (laughs) arms dealings and uh money laundering so i went to armory yesterday (laughs) at the world-renowned javits center where hillary was supposed to um smash the glass ceiling on victory night which she didn't ve day or whatever v day vv day (laughs) um let's just say the best part of my visit to the fair was that i got to go through the shops in the hudson yards Ooh, where I connected with my adjacent lover. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the vessel is still closed indefinitely. Mm. It's merely a vessel now, <laughs> uh, which is such a it's such a shame. Like, come on, like figure something out. Yeah, just put some netting. Some uh... yeah, put some netting. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they also have like pigeons like defecating. <laughs> is an issue there like just put some netting on anyways i got to have a really nice uh or go to uh blue bottle <sighs> iced coffee the one that foiled us last time yes and um yeah went over to the javits center which was i guess you had to like get a time slot to get in because it was for the most part pretty empty i guess it was also their first thing in the morning and um it just made me realize like my first impression when i walked in and made me just realize that i absolutely did not miss this sort of <laughs> um that sort of size of a trade fair yeah um and especially like an art fair it just i don't know i don't mean to hate on it but like jordan said something pretty clever yesterday just reminding me that this size art fair is just so utilitarian and it's very much so geared towards the collectors in the sense that the presentation is like very clinical and the experience is clinical it's not like it's not an event in the sense that it's uh you know like not a miami or independent new york where it's like uh intimate and there's sort of um you know the experience is uh sort of uh some of its parts rather than it's like a trade show basically yeah it's like a boat and rv show yeah, basically, which is what the uh, Javits Center hosts. Um, it was just funny after a year and a half of hiatus or so to just see things that I was like, are you still showing those things? Like, how are those still, things still a trend? Yeah. Um, like, what's that name of the artist who makes those, like, Persian rugs that, like, melt oh, into the floor? Yeah, like, um, every fair has that droopy Persian rug. It's just it was just like Groundhog Day. I'm like, didn't we just take a pause from life for like a year and a half? Yeah. How is someone like thinking, okay, let's just press play again on some of those things? Um I was just amazed to see like a tapestry work in almost every single booth. Like, you know, machine made some like figurative tapestry. Yeah. 
I guess this is like late stage uh, uh, crafts. The craft era is, I guess, um, it's not its just a woman's medium anymore. That's yeah. like the constant argument. <clears throat> Whatever. Yeah. Um, what were some other impressions of mine? I honestly just I whisked by so fast because it was so alienating to me, and I took the advantage of being hidden behind a mask to like <laughs> not have to say hello to some people. Or to pretend like I didn't identify or recognize some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why, but it just made me so anxious just walking around there. There's just something about this, like, specifically Armory at that size and, like, Art Basel, Miami, that just gives me such, just gives me heart palpitations walking around there. I guess it just, like, throws me back to, like, my most insecure days in high school because it just feels like, like high school professionalized yeah. the whole environment like high school cafeteria like uh, intrigues and popularity contents yeah um, well that's how i'm feeling lately in general about the art world and being an artist yeah and also like the the amount of like really extra poppy like dense figurative painting has like really it's it's it went overboard at this point it's at such yeah. like it's like when a star is about to explode, so before it like turns into a black hole, it like expands expands indefinitely. It just feels like we're at that moment now. Oh, and it's just glorified uh New York Times illustration work. <clears throat> and it just seriously, it's like just to pose magazine two thousand eight. I always say that, but I have this vivid memory of being at the <laughs> chapters bookstore <laughs> when I still lived in Winnipeg looking at the art magazines and juxtaposed at the tackiest like illustration stuff and it all looks the same today can you dumb it down for our novice listeners what is juxtaposed magazine and what is their aesthetic um because by the I? way friend friend of the pod the other day at an opening also made a request that we make more posts on our instagram of the artworks we mentioned ah we should do that yeah. Well, we have had copyright uh, takedown notices by um, spineless really? people. So, <laughs> oh right, but that that was perceived by them as a personal jab, and no, yeah. no pun intended. <laughs> um, um, wait, describe describe to us Juxtaposed magazine. It's an art and culture magazine. You know, art, illustration, etc. I guess it would be maybe more of a popular, I mean, in the people's sense uh, magazine. <laughs> like, it's not art forum. It's not dry. It's a very visual magazine. Um, it's like a, it's like it's like a, a portfolio lick, of images, usually. Basically, it's like a lick more sophisticated than a Mr. Brainwash a graffiti it's i I won't call it lowbrow but it definitely is sort of rubbing shoulders with lowbrow but it's like their fall 2021 quarterly preview it's like the cover image is julie curtis like a somber woman standing on a balcony between two buildings yeah i mean it definitely skews like illustrative and figurative yeah, and it's it's like definitely not heady in art. Yeah, and it's definitely not heady. It's yeah. like not heady art. 
Yeah, it's um, it's like <clears throat> looking through a fashion magazine, but yeah, basically il- illustrative art essentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yes. Anyway, so Armory definitely felt like that. There's it rains supreme still, or maybe that's just what my eye gravitated towards because it was just all omnipresent. <clears throat> and on top of that, I also noticed there's a lot of like wispy incomplete looking very like bland dull color palette like figurative work mm-hmm. that's also it just i started seeing that everywhere i've also been like out of a uh, out of the scene for like a year and a half i basically haven't been to an art fair and so i don't know if it's been like brewing in the background or if there was a market for this um all along but um it's just a lot of muted wispy I wouldn't even call it figurative, but it's just like a remnant of figuration on like large canvases. I'll, I'll post some images to our uh, thoughts on our account. Um, Excuse me. <laughs> thanks, Wendy. <laughs> Wendy is sick and she's not doing promo and I'm really worried. Oh, really? And she's apparently going to be ready in time for the season premiere next week. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, I also saw a lot of very literal black figuration. So just like, uh, I don't know how you'd describe the, this current artistic moment, but it's just a lot of like head, like busts, like what it, just portraiture. Oh, that's like that grid someone made where it was like, here's 20 artists making the same paintings where it's like a bright yeah. colored shirt and, uh, a it's muted just, dark face. It's just specifically a moment in black figuration. That's, uh, where there's a heavy focus on the texture and the color and tone selection of the skin and so um most of the portraits are sort of veering towards the impasto and uh, oh because of the amoako boafo um influence like yes people going for that yeah so just a lot of like you know, images of a black man or a woman in an impasto texture and like, uh, I guess an intellectual play on the black color of the skin, which like made sense the first time you saw it. Yeah. It's nice to see it a second time around, but this umpteenth time is getting a little yeah. tacky. But like, then again, this is a commercial art fair. So that's where stuff goes to get sold. Yeah. Um, um well and then institutions are gonna buy it and have it in their collections and yeah because it's a it's like a snake that eats its own tail <laughs> the commercial and institutional worlds yeah don't tread on me <laughs> um i just find it funny that these big art fairs kind of purport to you know capture the moment where it just feels like they're not really in lockstep with like actually the moment. It's not the they're moment. Like, it's a highly li- filtered system of like who gets in the fair and what the galleries choose to show based on what they think they're going to sell. So it's like it doesn't even reflect right. what people are making. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is leading from behind. Yeah. And, um, but also it's not an MFA show. And so it's not like a place to come to like discover the next big thing yeah. because it already went through like a few rungs of filters Yeah, just to get shown there. Um, so yeah, the fair was kind of very alienating and I was very happy to leave. Oh, by the way, I also saw another thing that's is, I guess, trending now, like 
work that is basically like Sarah Connor's work. Uh, which I keep thinking of German pop star Sarah Connor. No. <laughs> Zah Connor. <laughs> um, just these, uh, how would you describe it? I'm totally lacking this like very basic terminology to describe Sarah Connor's work. But do you mean just, Sarah Connor from Terminator? No. <laughs> um, come on, no, honestly, Sarah Connor? That's her name, no? I don't know. I'm Googling. Oh, God, why am I? <laughs> the stitched together, like the, 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 you know, the stitched canvases, the, the, like, they look like Matisse's cutouts, only it's like stitched together, like, fabric. <sighs> Come on, uh, help me here. David's uh, gonna kill me because like Jennifer something. No. <laughs> God, but I'm not. Ugh. Okay, I'm gonna have to. Can you talk for a minute? Because I need to like go into a heavy okay. Google mode. Well, I will just uh, shout out some things that have been happening. Um, yeah. Had my artist talk yesterday at Berlinische Gallery. How was as, it? As did you the, mention us? Uh, as uh, I did actually. Well, uh-huh. it was uh, as part of the Park Plots show that I'm in, mm-hmm. which is Which's closing in a few weeks. Thanks. Um, shout out to friends and family members of the pod, Bart, Veronica, Toma, and Krista for coming. Um, they were the only people that came, so I really appreciate you being Ah, <laughs> It's quality over quantity. So. Say their names. <laughs> yeah. And tomorrow I'm doing another talk. I never get invited Ooh, to anything. You. You're so talkative. Thank you. It's all this talking I've been doing on the pod. Yeah, don't uh, run your mouth. <laughs> so I'm I'm part of this program called Talkie Talkie at Wilhelm Holland. Um and I'm gonna be talking about thoughts on art. Yes. So, are you are gonna bring any- some are you gonna bring some exemplary thoughts? <laughs> What's from that, my what, gym <laughs> what's that dance troupe that russian dance troupe in stilettos you know kazaki. The one yes are <laughs> you gonna have kazaki. that <laughs> um yeah oh my god uh do you have anything you'd like to pass on to the conversation tomorrow um I'll have to give it some thought. Think about why we are podcasting if that question comes up. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Why are we podcasting? Why are we doing anything? <laughs> I mean, why is there a release valve on a pressure cooker? <laughs> That's why we podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. Totally. By the way, it's Sarah Crowner. Oh. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. <laughs> It's funny there were uh, two Sarah Connors to uh No, I was just like I guess I was thinking of Matt Connors, Sarah Connor. Uh, I'm I'm an idiot. Also this is, I'm not a native English okay. speaker, so like whatever. Um anyway, I noticed where are you done talking about your talk? Am I Oh yeah, yeah. I, no, go ahead. Okay, so Sarah Connor, I th- always thought they were just paintings. No, See, I've never seen them in person. No, they're beautifully dyed like uh, dis- disparate fabric like pieces that are stitched together very beautifully. And uh, I love her work, and I this. Oh, they are nice. I'm looking on the Simon Lee website now, and they have some high yeah, res images. They're just very like there's something like old school about them in a good way. They're very Matisse cutouty yeah. in a like in a contemporary way. And so, but uh, I recently saw, 
an exhibition at Broadway Gallery that was also a similar technique. I'm looking it up. With the backpacks? And like, oh my God, no. Um, beautiful show by Claire Oswald. And um, just like a like bespoke canvas shapes and uh, dyed disparate like fabric pieces that are sewn together. Just beautiful work. I'm just... This is no criticism by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying I'm noticing a new sort of a uh, dipping into this yeah. medium. And well, I was uh, thinking I would stitch together canvas pieces, but I was like, why do it? Everyone else do it. I I generally have so much like anxiety about a uh, you know surface quality and stuff like that. I would not want to mess with like tension stuff getting out, going out of tension. Yeah, on a stretch canvas where there's so multiple like weak points. I in know, the, uh, and you're pulling surface. on seams and yeah. Uh, anyway, of course, I only took a detailed shot of the aforementioned work at Armory, so I don't even know the artist's name, but it's just like more of that like stitch together work, which is beautiful because I'm all for yeah. color blocks in a uh, creative ways. Um, yeah. I was kind of disappointed to just see how this tsunami of figurations only getting bigger, much like my uh, my THC overdose last <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Which, thankfully, thankfully, I survived because I read that Roxanne Gay <laughs> Substack post where she ended up in the hospital because of a th- what a perceived THC <laughs> overdose, but of course she wound up in the hospital because she's Roxanne Gay. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I'm glad you didn't suddenly plunge into psychosis. <laughs> Damn it, that was the worst trip of my life, and I've I've taken my fair share of drugs oh. back in the day oh but that was just like i didn't think i was gonna die but it just felt oh so sinister and ominous that i oh. i took another shaving from that gummy the other night just oh to like my prove God. to myself that it is it is in fact not laced with fentanyl <laughs> and uh it, it didn't really do anything like i had a i just got sleepy at like 10 30 and passed out but like oh i just fucking want to be giggly for an hour and a half like is that too much to ask um, somebody... it's called thoughts on art when we record oh my god <laughs> it's a natural high oh god can it can a uh, local listener send me a gummy i just want to i want to try gummy too i've never had an edible oh my god I I think I'm just gonna incinerate that tube of gummies. Oh it was just God. it's like like the devil spawned those gummies. Yeah. Uh, Amir, just say no. I mean, I, oh God, um, yes. Sorry, I'm looking at the Sarah it, Crowner things. They're really nice. I wish I made this work. They're maybe, beautiful. Maybe I wouldn't get um, cock blocked by the art world if I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's <laughs> offensive to people on a sexual spectrum so okay maybe um, people wouldn't be shady to me if i made this work yeah <laughs> um anyway so i left javits center feeling very i uh i just felt i'd left left her feeling like an angsty teenager basically mm. 
and um but luckily i took the new it's not even new but i took the seven train connection from hudson yards which is extremely deep underground oh my god on that escalator oh, i've been like, there it's crazy yes i did that um i mean i actually took the escalator down and i was like okay i'm not gonna stand like an idiot i'm just gonna walk it down and i got such insane vertigo I just know. walking down those steps you just have to stand there you can't do anything more I just I kept looking up and down to make sure I'm not gonna like tumble down. Um, it's really deep underground, but like I don't know. It's funny because Hudson Yards currently is just mostly still like the construction workers who are laboring it, yeah, erecting all those buildings. But one day it's gonna be really nice there. Yeah, emphasis on laboring. Yes, and erecting. <clears throat> um, <laughs> um, the actual it? laborers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think if they just plant some trees, it'll be better. It just needs time for like vegetation. Hudson Yards in in general. Oh, uh, no, don't get me wrong. I think it's a totally valid neighborhood and they're doing the right thing with like uh, opening all the commerce and retail there. Like I'm all for it. It's it's fun. It's nice. And as a dealer of mine once reminded me not to mock those who dwell at Hudson Yards because somebody has to buy your work. Well, I had a really nice sleepover date in Hudson Yards in mm-hmm. a $9,000 a month apartment, and I would gladly move into his place. So totally. from, from my lips, dot, dot, dot. To, to, his, to his a-hole. <laughs> Imagine if there was a Hudson Yards-based artist. I mean, why don't they offer some artist residency in one of those? There should probably- be. Yeah. All this empty Those office space must be empty. Should we start this? <laughs> yeah, we should. Ask ask your friend. You know what? Your because, male friend. Yeah. Well, apparently, someone was telling me this a few days ago that the Ontario Teachers Pension Fund owns like a good chunk of that property. <laughs> of course, they do. Like they they invest in all this crazy property, including my f- favorite mall in Winnipeg. Um, they own it. And what is that Westfield? No, no, it's not West a Westfield Brooke? property. Westfield, sorry. no, no, like the so the pension trust. I think maybe they're an invest investor in like related properties or Oxford properties or something. Mm-hmm. But they own some chunk of it, so maybe we can talk to them and make it happen. Yeah, we should. Anyway, I'm all for the Hudson Yards. Um, it was nice to visit the Javits Center. Um, yeah, but then I took a train and I went downtown all the way to the very tip uh, of downtown. Just the tip. Just the tip um, next door to the Staten Island Ferry, which I never took. Oh, um, I went once. Really? Or no, wait, I have drove a- to Staten Island. Never mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, we always drive through it, but yeah. we, we never go there. Um, anyway... I took the one train all the way downtown to Independent Art Fair at the Maritime Building. Is that what it's called? Maritime Mm. Building. Um, It's next door to the uh, the Battery Maritime Building, which was built in 1902. It's just a gorgeous building. It's next door to the Staten Island Ferry, and it used to serve many a purpose back in the day, but... Nowadays, I guess Casa Cipriani is there, which is like a hotel and restaurant. <laughs> oh, that's with, right. That's, yeah, it's in uh, Casa Cipriani, the fair. Yeah. yeah. 
and I like looked up room availabilities, their most expensive room, the Verrazano two bedroom suite accessible, sleeps five <laughs> and is forty two forty three hundred dollar per night. Oh my god. And it has gorgeous views over um I guess Brooklyn Heights. Who are you, like Rihanna? That. Yeah. But funnily enough, the rooms are tiny. Oh my god. Like hotel rooms in New York are tiny to begin with, but like this is, I mean, for forty three hundred dollars, even this is tiny. Okay, but that's insane because like yeah. my date's nine thousand dollar a month apartment was very nice. <laughs> Isn't well, it crazy? Hotel, hotels, yeah. like I mean, look, I looked up five nights, a five night stay <laughs> at the uh, at the at Casa Cipriani. $21,470, excluding taxes and fees. That's insane. Which is insane. Anyway, it's a beautiful building, and friend of the pod, who I shall not expose, warned me that the fair is bleak, because he was there the previous day. Uh, Do I know I this s- friend of the pod? Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I don't know if he <laughs> wants me to... Uh, don't dox him. I won't. Um... I was just like expecting something more in the uh you know in the vein of the old venue yeah. around the corner from the Hort collection. Yeah, Tribeca. that was a good venue. I like that. Yeah, it was very sunny. I generally like independent much more than I do the other ones. It's like yeah. it feels very professional yet intimate and like it's it's chic. Mm-hmm. Um so they occupy the entirety of the second floor of the uh, of the Battery Maritime building and I don't know. It's just a very swank, Beaux Arts like architecture building, and the fair looked beautiful. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, the ceilings are very high, and so it's similar in that sense to the um, to the old venue in yeah. Tribeca, where the boots are relatively, you know, small, but there's a sense of like it breeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did I see there? Let me go through my camera roll. Um, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, most impressive were the Julian Schnabels that were actually hanging, like, outside of the boots themselves. But, like, over the light fixtures, like, the over the wainscoting in the, like, just throughout the floor, he made these huge, like, I guess they're, like, 12 by 12 or something abstract paintings, which kind of made me realize I'm a big stan for Julian Schnabel. Like, I have yet to have seen a painting of his that i not just like but like oh, sorry brain fart i love his painting <laughs> um, well we'll agree to disagree <laughs> really what's wh- what is your counter argument i just i don't know i just don't like them <laughs> like i have no reason but you know i i hate the plate I paintings i hate his shtick what is his shtick I mean, like, the new like Van Gogh, grump, the, grumpy like Godfather of the art world in pajamas. Uh, I mean, personally speaking, I I don't mind him. Like, I don't even care about him. And the new Van Gogh's, like the Van Gogh series, is a little dumb. Um, it's those, just like what, what are those made out of? They're like broken. The plates. I mean, it oh, must be the plates. Because it's oh, okay. then his whole shtick, his whole career is like the fucking plates. And I, just, I didn't even realize that. Okay. So when I Google Julian Schauble painting, I'm like, yep, hate everything. <laughs> I okay, so let let me retract my my broad statement and focus it to just 
a uh, appreciated him for sort of carrying on the legacy of Cy Twombly and the paintings of his that are just very yes those t- Twombly-esque ones are nice yeah anything that's reminiscent to sort of the, the Twombly aesthetic he just really carries on yeah uh, beautifully and that was the suit of paintings that um, were shown at Independent I love those there's yeah. also a beautiful uh, uh, opera related painting of his at the like at the downstairs level at the uh, opera house uh-huh. um some like wagner character or something like that and i i honestly don't care for the, like the family story or just like whatever the son yeah. and everything yeah. truly doesn't doesn't bug me or doesn't interest me at all who asked Anyways, my friend um who's a poc person what are you i mean <laughs> it's like is that shocking to hear that he asked that don't get me started. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I saw some egregious surface issues in paintings. Some of the boots. Maybe I can. No, I won't post pictures because it's just mean. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just independent felt a little more uh, tightly curated, and by way of it being smaller scale, it's less sort of overwhelming and nicer to take in. Um, I don't know. I hope everybody sold out. I'm just really am in love with those Julian Schnabels that were hanging throughout oh, the uh, I should entire check floor. Can you send photos? I will. They're okay. so beautiful. Oh, and somebody, this artist, Bosco Sodi. Oh, yeah. What gallery was he showing at? There was this like plinth in the middle of the booth with like a artist statement, like printed out in huge. He makes these. Um, do you know his work? Yeah, he used to live in Berlin, and actually, a friend of mine worked for him. How do you? How would you describe the work? Uh, they almost look like dry, heaving desert ground, but with pigment mixed in. Yeah, yeah. and the work he had showing at the booth basically looked like the Mocha logo. <laughs> so one <laughs> triangle, one circle, one square, and on this plinth there was this decal with the artist statement, and just like the first I've ever seen like an artist statement printed out so big in like the middle of a art uh, commercial art booth. And it says when Malevich painted black square, the world was in chaos. It was the middle of the first world war and there was continuing unrest following the 1905 Russian revolution that in 1917 would explode into the Bolshevik uprising and October revolution. Now in these turbulent fraught and interesting times, I want to create an homage to Malevich with three unique shaped canvases, all black, each one a different geometric figure. For me, they have an elemental and spiritual significance that talks about the supremacy of color, the shape, and in this particular case of texture, to emphasize the paintings as objects with systems of features throughout the surface that are intentional but not controlled. In the end, these paintings are about emptiness and form, darkness and perception, sorrow and hope. Um, tacky or classy to have your artist statement <laughs> presented in the middle of an uh, of it a It looked booth. really tacky, the photo you sent me. The photo looked tacky, but just the gesture itself, would you say tacky or classy? Having a gesture, having a statement, period? Having a statement so prominently featured uh, in that context. Just seems kind of tacky. I think it just should be like on a piece of paper you can pick up. I don't think uh-huh. it needs to be like a... But that said, the fair in the end is a should be a booth that catches the viewer's eye, much like a boat show. So maybe right. that 
that will contextualize his work quickly for mm-hmm. the passerby. Uh, but then again, one of the boots I stopped by had work that I couldn't place. Uh, I couldn't put a finger on who the artist was. I enjoyed them moderately, and so I asked for a checklist. And she made me write down my email. Oh, she couldn't just tell me who the artist was. Sounds illegal. <laughs> also, like, take one look at me. Do I look dressed with the ability to buy any of the works here? Oh, like, good. Uh, not really. I was in like a, a hemmed Carhartt shirt and a H and M jeans. Okay, have you seen a lot of rich people? I have, and I have seen <laughs> our our famous to be remained anonymous oh my toy God. boy collector of uh, oh my the God. pod. Oh my God! Major major muscle steroid thought. Yeah. Uh, I steroid saw ho. Steroid hoy. Hoy. The <laughs> <laughs> hoy poloy. I saw him uh, chatting with some other rich people outside oh. Independent and I was walking in. Oh my God. You saw him in person finally? I sent you a picture. I was like, zoom in. Fuck. I didn't see that. Yeah. Was it to me? Yeah, it was to you. Go back. Oh. Go back in history. And like, it was yesterday. I didn't even oh send you that many pictures yesterday. Yeah. Look, it's. Oh my god! I'm I sent you one picture of a really fucked up, like uh, painting texture surface, and then before that is like, uh, oh yes, do you see him? I mean, there's something about the angle of the of the camera. He looks like a 50 year old man there. Yeah. Well, uh, another friend of the pod saw him and said it looked like face work. I actually passed him by. He was wearing a mask, but the skin looked pretty soft and i just can't tell if those arms are like is this what your body looks like on steroids regardless of your age or is he like 55 and is really good looking for his age yeah i wonder he kind of has the seeing this angle it seems like he's 50 something about it this does not seem like a young person but it's a funny lens angle i don't think because he's he's much hulkier in person hot but like it's that like like between the steroids and like the sun exposure it's like really thin skin like yeah like no i know it's like a lizard well because one of the Um, steroids really sucks you dry (laughs) does he have to like hydrate nonstop? (laughs) no i just mean that like really gets the fat out so the skin gets very like chicken skinny yeah but like you see the person he's talking to like i would never wear a short sleeve button down like that but that person I couldn't tell was rich yeah but like that the steroid collector like there's just something about that god i there's love some- our podcast <laughs> it's only getting better on season two <laughs> <laughs> there's just something about that sort of level of rich air yeah that they're all dressed like Gattaca, like, like you know, like, like Tilda Swinton, like Jill Sander, like yeah, just like an awkward, like drop waist. <laughs> it's not that. It's just like this, really, like these simple garments that are yeah. clearly made with like really expensive like uh, fabric. Or yeah, something, it's like what Cost is trying to be, right? um i do admire him though because he like travels the world absolutely non-stop how do you find a fucking gym at every single location well i guess you stay in a really expensive hotel with a gym every single time yeah and honestly i think we talked about it in a previous episode but like if i was his mother or father who i've not heard anything about so 
perhaps he's deceased, so I will feel shitty about myself. But like, I would be so upset that my kid is like just blowing away the whole inheritance oh, or totally. the family's wealth. Because like, there is something to be said for like, you know, as insane as like the whole succession stories are. Like, yeah. those are stories of like families trying to like uh, not lose their entire wealth because you can't just be. I mean, you have to be like a, a vulturous, like proactive player in a, um, you know, maintaining the family's wealth. But like then totally. again, you have these like, you have these like Peter Pans who just like travel the world and. Yeah. Just, po- <laughs> posing with $1 million plus artworks. Yeah, exactly. Which you said the other day, like he was, he posted it to Instagram and was like fawning about it in the comments section, like in the, uh, in the caption. And we were saying to each other, yeah, of course you're like fawning over it now because it like it a uh, uh, it crossed the million dollar uh, yeah like uh, mark value basically. Yeah. So of course you care about it. You didn't care about it. When it was like twenty thousand yeah, dollars exactly. and selling in Berlin in an office building on the like tenth floor. Um, oh yeah. my god! <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of a kind of a dispiriting experience, but also a life lesson. This whole sort of art world engagement. It just makes you realize that as long as you're not sort of or you're not on the spinning carousel of the art world, you're just um, marginalized just, on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah, you just have uh, five people come to your art stock. <laughs> Sorry, four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Five on um, five on a good day, <laughs> right? I mean, the thing that consoles me the most is that you know the people who uh, who own my work have. I mean, it really means a lot to them. I know like, it, it is sweet. I mean, they've they've actually like you know they they paid a good amount of money to own something. It's not an investment piece. They have to live with it. They will live with it. So they yeah, it's actually hanging create, in their home. And- yeah. Uh, and it's people I'm still friends with. Yeah. Um, no, it was really and sh- nice. And sure, I would love to, and I'm still aiming for one day to, you know, be present in every fucking art fair and have a bajillion surveys that, like, uh, talk up a g- big game about me. But, like, for the time being, I'm just happy my influence resonates on a personal mm. level with people in my life. Well, uh, some life-changing work that has entered my collection is a beautiful Amir Guberstein. Oh, thanks. Now you've exposed me for not having sold that piece of the show. <laughs> well, mine also did not sell, so we're even. I mean, your work is beautiful. So <sighs> Yours like, is really beautiful, too. S- silly is the man, the collector, exactly. who doesn't purchase your work. But I love this work, and I'm sorry I Thank just doxed you. you, but really, it has changed my home. I love it. I'm I love s- looking at I'm, it. Listen, at the end of the day, art is all about making over your interior space. Definitely. I want to enjoy my domestic experience. And this has really amped it up. Like, of course, I would rather be filthy rich now and the work, uh, you know, uh, accumulating dust in some free port in Delaware. (laughs) But, like, it gives me a lot of pleasure to see all those uh, beautiful flower arrangements you have set up oh, with my painting in the back. It does look really nice. Um, uh, and I can't wait for you to get my work. Oh, yes. Because we're doing a trade. But also, if you ever have a client for this painting, you can sell it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just happy to have a few works in uh, in Berlin. Yeah. So that it'll potentially save some uh, some freighting costs yeah, down definitely. the line. 
let me just shout out friend of the pods Uman's show at Fearman Gallery at the moment. It's Uman's second show with Fearman, if I'm not mistaken. The first one was, I guess, two, last year in June. But the show looks amazing. I wish I could see it in person. Show looks beautiful. Uman is based upstate. And um, sorry, I'm just drawing a blank here because, David, you have not updated your website yet, so oh, I can't. <laughs> can't and draw current updated information from it but uh aman's just a very talented abstract expressionist uh no sorry i'm going to retract the expressionist abstract painter with a uh, uh sort of dips into abstract figuration um she's very versatile and talented go check out the show on henry street 127 henry street say hi to david also i love the massive canvases in that space Oh, totally. I love how it like chokes, like yeah. suffocates the space. That, that's what I would do if I ever had a show at Fearman Gallery. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> um, yeah. What else are you up to uh, this weekend? Going to dinner at a friend's place. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to a friend of the pod, Adam Fearman. Fearman. God. <laughs> Jesus. So many Freudian slips oh, yeah, today. Just making God. up Jews. Adam Fearman. Um, yeah. you know, Adam Fearon, um, who had a beautiful show at Ashley Gallery in Berlin mm-hmm. that closed maybe about a month ago. Yeah. Um, so going to have dinner with him and some friends. And it's Falsum in Berlin. Oh, I'm not God. going to that. Jesus, the birthplace of the new variant. <sighs> yeah. Um, every kind of variant. Mm-hmm. Um, penicillin resistant variants. Jesus. <laughs> and in this, where, sorry, wearing leather in this weather, like. <laughs> what is the weather? It's just like damp and rainy. <laughs> like, oh my God. Not like as we speak, but will be in a few hours and tomorrow. Yeah. So just, just imagine wearing um, untreated leather in these conditions. Um, what else is happening? Are you going to Bergheim now the clubs have reopened? God, no. (laughs) No? No, Bergheim. No, I'm... No? I'm more of... You've never been into it? I'm more of a bar girl. Okay. I like just going to a gay bar and having drinks with friends. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... I kind of wonder after my really bad uh, THC experience (laughs) if, like, taking... Taking any kind of, like... Uh, run-of-the-mill drug now will also like I uh, cause the same effect for me. I just hope it, like I hope I don't end up in some like oh Bellevue hospital or something. Oh my God! <sighs> Be careful. Totally. Um. <sighs> yeah. But Anywho. Okay, so um, hopefully we'll have a very special guest on our next episode. Yes, a very special guest. I'm very excited, so stay tuned. And uh, you're also welcome, uh, Fall to send us questions, complaints, except for if you're the crazy troll who will <laughs> not stop DMing us, even though he's restricted on all platforms we don't need your anti-semitic bile or your more docile comments just leave us alone enough's enough thanks oh my god um alrighty yeah so yeah hit us up and um 
cash app us or um <laughs> or cash us outside <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually people should pay to find out who we were talking about as the like roid thought <laughs> yes we will we will play for pay yeah. okay so um <laughs> with that choose with that choose <laughs>